0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And for this morning, we're just going to entitle this Encouragement for Fathers. Encouragement for Fathers. And we're going to encourage the fathers to understand this, that every male in here has the potential to be a father. Every male that's in this room has a potential to be a father. And what I mean by the potential to be a father, that statement is not just about being a biological father, but also being a father to those in your community. You can be a father to those. That's the scripture that I read when I was up here earlier. I talked about Paul and Timothy and how Paul left this to Timothy and said that he was a, served him as a, as a son serves a father in the gospel, in ministry. So understand that, brothers. Even though you may not be married, even though you may not have children, you still have potential to be a father. Don't forget that. And as we go on this teaching this morning, hopefully it you, will come out clear and clear to you as well. Don't lose the opportunity of being a male. Right, you know what I mean? Lose opportunity? Don't waste it. Don't spill it. Right? I, you know, there's, there's a there's a man in the Bible that he had a, an opportunity to, to be a and redeemer. If you don't know what that means, that's okay. Go read it. But he had an opportunity to be a king's redeemer, and instead of taking an opportunity to be and redeemer, the Bible said he spilled it. He wasted that seed. So, brothers, you, you are a male on purpose, you have potential to be a father. Don't waste it. First Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 15. It says, For though you have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. And I love how Paul is addressing the Corinthian church. I mean, he's, I mean he gives a magnitude saying in verse 15, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ. I means everybody's you know, telling you about who, what, you know, the doctrine about, about Christ. But he said, but you don't have many fathers. So that means he tells you a distinction between your instructors and fathers. You don't have many fathers. But the potential is there. But you don't have me. But then he says, for him, he says, Jesus have beg-, he says in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. He's telling him, I've been a father to you. And he said, because I've been a father to you, he said, be followers of me. That's what he's telling him: Be followers of me. And that's what a father is. The, the simple understanding about a father is he is an example. He is example one to follow after. The father is a pattern for you to follow After. That's a father. And he's going to live his life that you can follow after his pattern. He's going to show you what the proper response is and and by him showing it to you because he's living it. It's more than just what he says or, or what he doesn't say. It's how he lives. And you can follow that. That's a father. So the objective today is to examine what it means to be a father. A father's responsibility a father's instructions and a father's impact and hopefully we'll get to these things so first of all a father is one who deposits you know what I mean about putting deposit in you know y'all got a bank account the only way you, you get money in the bank account is if you make a deposit money just don't show up in your bank account if it does let me know where you're banking at so we can all join into that bank right you know you got to make a deposit you got to put something in there so, a father is one that deposits in the lives of others for purpose sake and for impact. That's what a father does. The father is going to make sure that he makes a deposit on purpose and also for impact. Again, the father is not going to be wasteful. And the deposit he's making is, again, more than just words of wisdom, more than words of encouragement. And those things have a place, but it's also the deposit he's making. In his conduct, his deeds, and his actions. In other words, you can see who a father is. In other words, what they are, and what they say they are, they are living it. That's the deposit. And that's the impact he's making in your life. That's what a father is. It's more than just what they're saying. It's their conduct and deeds and actions. And they're doing it on purpose. And this purpose is based on the father, him, knowing who he is in Christ. If a father doesn't know who he is in Christ, then he is wasteful in his deposits. And his impact will not be what God has called him to be. Understand that, fathers. If you don't know who you are in Christ, you are wasteful. You are wasteful in your deposits, in the lives of your children. You're being wasteful for the impact that you making in their lives. I mean, they'll be great for this world, but there'll be, be nothing for the kingdom of God. And we've seen that. And then, then we know God is so good and so merciful, right? He'll send somebody else who will make a real deposit in their life based on God's kingdom. Because you wouldn't. So you've got to know who you are in Christ to be able to make the proper deposit in the lives of your children. In the lives of those that you have influence over. And when we say impact, impact is to carry on beyond your lifetime. The impact of a father goes beyond our lifetime. Again, we spend time honoring our founding pastor. The impact that he has put on our life goes beyond our lifetime. That's what we talk about him in, in present tense, because it's still going on. The things that my pastor has said to me, I still remember and I still do. Still do them. It lives on. That's how powerful that impact is. That's, imp, that's how powerful impact is for a father. You should still hear the words of your father, still understand your father's ways, even though they have gone on to be with the Lord. In other words, they're not physically here, but you still carry on. That's being on impact. If not, again, I'm telling you, you're just wasting time. You're you're wasteful. As a father, I have to do things on impact. That's going to go beyond their lives. I mean, beyond my lifetime. See, I'm I'm trying to reach a generation that I may not live to see. I'm going to make sure what I have placed in their life is going to carry on out on their lives, for their children's lives, and their children's children's lives. I'm going to make sure it's there on purpose. That means what I'm giving them has to be very strong, has to be very direct, has to be, again, on purpose. So a father has to be skillful, or has to be a skillful teacher. You understand about father being a skillful teacher? He knows what tool to use and what time to use it to be most productive. That's the father. Skillful. Again, he says this in the past. You have many instructors. See, that's just an instructor. An instructor is just going to present the material and then whether you get it or not, guess what? They're still getting paid. So the instructor is giving you the material. Right? You know, for them, whether you get it or not, it doesn't change their bottom line. But a father is different. father wants to, has a care for you to walk in what's been, you've been taught. And, and that means if they give it to you one way and you don't get it, they're going to find the right tool to get your attention so that you can walk in what's been taught. Whatever it takes. And guess what a father, however long it takes. See, a father doesn't get tired of teaching. You always, fathers understand, you always teaching. Even when you think you're not teaching, you are teaching. <laughs> Your children are learning your ways and your responses at all times. And again, not only your children, those that you are, are, are influenced by or those that are, being, that, that are in your sphere of influence. You know, like those that you are around. They see it. And you're teaching. You know, that's why I, I love about this ministry. Because I'm going to tell you, there are many brothers in this ministry that are true fathers. I'm going to tell you, I have the utmost respect for these men in this ministry. I really do. 'm to say, and again, we know this is obviously been passed down from our pastor. He, he showed the brothers how we need to resp- how to act here. You know what I mean by uh, trust and, and, and how the brothers are here? I'm going to tell you, your wives are, are in good hands here. And these brothers are not fooling with your wife. Whatever your wife is or whatever how beautiful you think she is, she is your wife. These brothers not, these brothers I'm talking about, they're not messing with your wife. Your children. They're not messing with your children either. They're going to give them the word. They're going to correct them. But they're not, they're not, they're not going to abuse your child. How do you know this? I've been around these brothers. See, I can't say it about every ministry. can't say I, I can't. But these men here, because we've been taught. And here we are, silly in our mentality, thinking somebody's out to, to hurt your child or, or thinking somebody wants your wife. Really? You don't want her. Why we want her? It's not like that at all. <laughs> so, I'm serious. These, I, I, you know, I, I want to make sure I say, because I mean, we had our Men of intelligence Fellowship on, on Friday night. We, we, we took some time out to, to celebrate. Minister's Martin's birthday, you know, was time passed. And I'm saying, I, I enjoy myself so much because I, I see the character of these brothers. And they're all unique. We all have our, you know, our quirkiness or whatever. But I trust these men. And all I can think about during that time was, was my past. How he, how he treated us. How he made sure we knew how to respond. Not only to one another, but how to respond to the ladies that are in this ministry. How to respond to the children that in this ministry. Let me say, we're not going to have no scandal here with no man fooling around with your child. It's not happening here. And now you've got to say, not only for a male with a female child, but a male with a male child. right? That's not happening here. Oh, never say never. That's not happening here so, so I'm telling tell you right now if you got the wrong intentions you, hey, you better get out of here because I'm going to tell you, you know why because God will expose you <laughs> you, know, you know you wonder why some people left you know maybe that's why some people that's why I don't go after people when they leave God like you don't need that <laughs> you go after the folks that God like they need to go because you're trying to bring them back and all they're going to bring is trouble let them roll Trust God. But I'll make sure I say this about these men here. These are men that I trust. Like I said, I got out of a, almost a two-year-old granddaughter here. I trust these brothers with my granddaughter. Don't think nothing of it. If they, you know, whatever, hug my granddaughter. Whatever. Think nothing of those things. Trust these men with my granddaughter. They can teach my grand... I trust these brothers. Can say these things enough. And that's what I mean about, about a father. A father has to have credibility. You're a skillful teacher, and you have to be credible. And the only way you're going to be credible is what you speak is what you live. That's how you build credibility. You know we say that. Watch us. And you know, I, I know me personally. I know, I know people watch me, but that's fine. I, I, I expect you to watch me. Watch me. watch how I treat my wife, watch how I treat my my, my son, watch how I treat my granddaughter. Watch me. Watch me and then learn. Cause that's what I did with my founding pastor. I watched him, and then I learned. I just emulated him. Cause he's all, he, he stuff that he learned. Why why I gotta reinvent the wheel? Yeah, we working too hard. Especially when you see them going to the same season of life that you're heading to. Like I said, they've been somewhere that I have never been. I watched my founding pastor raise teenagers. I learned some things. And then here come my sons being teenagers. I took the counsel. Then I watched my family pastor having grandchildren, having grown men. I learned. Credible. So, fathers, you have to be credible. What you speak is how you live. And, fathers, you have to be mature minded in your understanding. Mature-minded in your understanding. You know, the difference of being mature is being immature, right? When Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Fathers, you've got to put away the childish things. What are the childish things? Things that you used to play as a child. I mean, it's really amazing how all of a sudden we think, we don't. We don't I don't really understand what a childish thing. You know exactly what a childish things were because you played with them. You've got to put it away. What's a child thinking? You know, I used to go play ball with the boys every now and then. Uh, Well, you know, I became a man. I don't go play ball with the boys anymore. Well, but I'm just trying to get my exercise. Please. There's other ways you can get exercise other than playing ball with the boys. Because you know before when you were younger playing ball with the boys, you know what that led to. Right? You leave the court and get to talk about something else. Leave that. Find your exercise somewhere else. Hook you up a gym in your house. Work out. Or whatever it is you do. You've got to put away those childish things. You've got to get to a place where you're mature minded. You've got to really think about the purpose of God and the future that, that God wants you to make sure you're preparing for now. See, that's the thing about, think about time, right? Time is, we learn, time is, it's going to pass. It's going to continue to go. And if you don't prepare yourself, it's still going to end up where it's going to end up. And if you're not prepared, it's still going to hit you. And God's trying to prepare you now for later. But you are still dealing with childish things. You know, Father, I really am trying to encourage you this morning. I really am. Put away the childish things. Be mature in your mind, your thinking. And and again, I understand that. You know, like I said, I've been young once. Or twice, a few times. You know, I, I've been young. I understand the mentality of a young man. I was, I've been there. I understand that mentality. I understand the struggles. You hear the brothers, you know, young brother, oh, the struggle is real. Yeah, I understand the struggle is real. I've been there. Done that. But what I've come to know is Christ Jesus is my Lord. And I need to go to Him to give me the answers and the strategies I need. To be fulfilled in this life. I'm not going to find in this world. I'm going to tell you, it's not about your job, your status, your accolades. I'm going to tell you, it's really not, not about your academia. It's about the purpose you have in Christ. If you don't see that, if you don't see that as your priority, then you can continue to struggle in your walk. You continue to be immature. Also, Father, must be stable. What does it mean by stable? just mention these things. That means, stable means I'm not pursuing the next big thing. But I'm content with what I have. See, a father has to be stable. Again, that goes back to that maturity. I'm not looking for the next big thing. Are you content with where you are? Again, what do you mean by content? Well, you know, if you're not growing. Where do you learn that from? If you're not growing, I'm dying because you know what i you, you're not growing spiritually, but you don't care about your spiritual wall. It's all natural things I gotta be growing in. Not spiritually. You know, you hear people say that. Well, you know, you gotta be I gotta be about it, I gotta be about. about what? The next big thing you're going for. But you gotta be stable. You know stability means, right? I am the same. Because you know what happens when you become stable? Then your, your family will know that you are predictable. And when, when predictability comes, that's how your family becomes secure. They already know how you're going to respond. You know, it, it's really good that if your your family, your wife, your children need to know the predictability of their father. If they don't know, say, you know, Dad, you know, I don't know if he's right today, you know, they, they don't know how you're gonna act. Every day is a new day for you. You're not stable, you're not mature. See your wife should your, and again you know your wife she knows you. If you're unstable, your wife knows you're unstable. That's why she tells the children, "Don't talk to him today." You do not want to mess with him today. This is an unstable day, child. Don't. This, maybe tomorrow he'll be stable, for we get to talk to dad. They're protecting them for their dad. They know. And you can imagine your wife. She hey, she just being like Abigail, just protecting you from your foolishness, you nabal. Foolish, because you're not stable. But a father needs to be stable. You need to be predictable. I'm gonna tell you again. I I know it's same thing. I'm saying thing about my founding pastor. You know my founding pastor was predictable. He he was. You knew what his standard was. Again, his standard lined up with God. So you you knew. That's why you didn't go. I'm gonna tell you. You did not go to our founding pastor with any foolishness. You did not. Because you you already—he's predictable. You know, some stuff you just kept to yourself, hoping you didn't get exposed, or just try to get repent before he found out. You know, because if you took it to him, he was—he was predictable. That's a father, stable, mature, credible, a skillful teacher, not wasteful. That's a father. And a father's life should be a life of integrity. A father has integrity. And we learn this ministry with integrity is integrity is who you are when nobody is watching. That means who I am when nobody's watching. And of course we know God is always watching. Right? But integrity is who you are when nobody's around, nobody's watching. You know, like your late night TV looking at or your late night streaming times. You know, when nobody's around, what are you looking at when you're streaming? Then somebody come in the room, you're trying to, you know, oh, I know y'all, I thought y'all was asleep. You know, you're trying to change the channel. and oh, we Talk about your cell phone, right? When nobody's looking, you're on your phone. Like you're paying, playing Candy Crush. You're not playing on Candy Crush. You're crushing on something else. When nobody's around, That's what, and father should have integrity and integrity is also who you are when you're under pressure that's what integrity is and you tell a lot about people when under pressure and, and the things I just said that's why a father when under pressure they're still the same they're still stable they're still mature they're still credible you know the pressure does not change how I respond as a father this yes, my pre- pressures always. The pressures of life will always be because we have an adversary. The pressures of life is always here. So not you think you got over one thing? Guess what? Something else is over the horizon. You ready to sit down and rest in your Lord? And like and then, it, then it comes. Like well, I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't. You know, didn't expect that exactly. Then after you got through that, well, I didn't expect that. That's the pressures of life. But my integrity is I'm going to be the same under pressure. And again, why is this so important as a father? Because my family is watching. They're learning from you. You, Again, I said at the very beginning, the father, you are the example. You are the pattern for them to learn by. Think about that. You are the pattern that your children and and even your wife should learn by. How to respond. You're that pattern. When you think, well, my my wife has, has a you know she has a father too, but you know, sir, so she's gonna spend more time in your house than she ever will with her father's house. It's gonna get a, a period of time if you both of you live long enough. She's gonna be more having your name than her had her daddy name. And matter of fact, they're gonna recognize her with you than he will and with her with her daddy. So she's watching. The influence is there. So fathers, you got to have integrity. Under pressure, be the same. Well, brother, you don't know the pressure I'm under. That's why you need to know the Lord Jesus. See, again, that's why I go back to say before, if you don't follow, if you don't know who you are in Christ, again, no wonder you crumble under pressure. Or no wonder you wishy-washy under pressure. And I'm going to tell you, it's nothing like pressure when it comes to money, right? There's money pressures that happen. You can, you can tell a stable brother when they, when they broke. I mean, when they broke, they, all, I mean, they got so many things they're trying to do when, after, when they broke. Trying to get money. I mean, that's unstable. You got all the the get uh, get rich schemes, all the things you're trying to do because you're broke. You're under pressure. You know, and this is the thing. You know, I I, I never get for 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 me personally. I just give an example of myself. I, I remember a few years back, our air conditioning went out, and our air conditioning went out, and it was during the summertime. And I'm going to tell you, me, I was not prepared to go buy a new air conditioner. Right? And they said, well, you should have been. Yeah, I should have been, but I wasn't. Right? And I'm going to tell you, you want to see your family upset with you? Be in a hot house. (laughs) In the hot house, you look at the thermostat, it's in the 80s inside. And then, of course, you know, and it, you know, for me, my mentality thinks back to growing up, right? I thought about my wife growing up, and I thought about my wife growing up. I'm like, you know, babe, we grew up in the same You know, we weren't even used to this. But they got used to it now. But I'm glad you're not here because I wouldn't say that to her. I ain't stupid. But, you know, my mom, like, your daddy didn't have no sense with her either. But, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, because she was hot, I mean, hot literally, and hot mad. And it's like, not every day, every five minutes, when are we getting air condition fixed? Brother, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this and that. That's the only time I remember in the house, I mean, everybody knew what temperature was in the house. It's 85 degrees in there. I've never, never seen anything about temperature before. Pressure, and then even at that time, Mark was still with us, and Mark is saying, "Well, Dad, can we go stay at a hotel?" I'm like, "No, I'm not going to stay in a hotel. <laughs> Do you have hotel money?" <laughs> Guess what? If I had hotel money, I could have probably got an air conditioner. <laughs> See, I'm saying mentality. You know, I, you, but I, you know, you, that's why he out now. He's learning. <laughs> you learning what that means. You think you just got it going on like that. I don't, I don't have it. So we went without AC for at least a month. In the summer month. And that pressure at the house was on. But I knew where I was at. Say, it's nothing like praying in the heat. Everybody praying. Daddy, find favor on your job, get a raise, get a bonus. Everybody going to the mailbox. Maybe a check is in there. something. dad, we, you know, everybody praying to God because they, all because they hot. You know, and, and again, it was uncomfortable. I understand. I, understand, I was, you know, wasn't like I left somewhere else. I was in the house. Where I understand the uncomfortable feeling. We all was uncomfortable, but I wasn't moved by the pressure. Hey, I tell you, I know, I know what my finances were. It is what it is. Like We just have to wait it out. We can endure it. And then after my wife saw it, I wouldn't move. She's like, she made the best of it. And she's like, hey, don't even ask me to cook nothing. <laughs> I have not turned on that hot stove. It went from 85 to 95 in two hours that the stove come on. It looked like you talking about cooking Nothing. The pressure didn't change me. Did not move me at all. I went to my God and I heard the Lord said, "Wait it out. You know what you got. Hey, wait it out." I waited it out. Then it got to a place where I put my finances where it needed to be at, and then I found favor. It's amazing how favor works found another neighbor down the street from that we never met before worked for an air conditioning company. Never met until this time. So unless my wife went out to start going door to door, right? hey, you, where you work at? Where you work at? So send Marcus down the street. Where you? No. And then we were able to get A.C. Then, then all of a sudden life was good again. I'm like, that's how y'all have an AC. Central Air. Don't you know what AC stands for, right? But we don't have AC. Well, you know what AC means? That AC costs. Air conditioning costs. But I'm just saying, being on pressure, I'm telling you, brothers, you, you can't be moved. Because at that time, when it comes to money, you know, you go make a stupid decision. And again, like I heard, hey, I wasn't moved. What you mean? I wasn't taking out no loans? Wasn't financing nothing? Right? And then everybody come and tell you, you got you can do this. I'm like, I waited the Lord, like, just wait it out. Pay cash. Get yourself where you need to be at. You know what the Lord said to me at that time? Because I think it was ministering at the time? Sacrifice. Because if you make a decision now, you're gonna pay for that later. Sacrifice. So we bought fans. We bought all. I mean, we went and bought those kind of things because we didn't have those kind of things, you know. With Central, America, you don't have a fan in the window. Growing up, I had fans in the window. Was, everybody reverted back to them days. We were fine. And I take over a period of time, you you learn. And then the, and then now these later part, my, you know, my, my wife appreciated more. She's so like, okay, you know. She appreciated it now, and I was like, what hey, you got that A.C. on? She, uh, oh, she understands what that means now. Keep that thermostat in a certain spot. Appreciate it. But I'm just saying to you, brother, don't fall under pressure. The pressure is always there. And like I said before, again, the, the thing would have been, yeah, you financially did what you're supposed to do, yeah, the money's in the bank, or whatever. You can just go to it and do it. And brothers, you got a roll in like that? That's great. I just wasn't there a few years ago. But I wouldn't change under pressure. That's a Father. And I'm not moved by your whining and your complaining. Because here's my thing. Here's my thing I think about. You know, I keep going on this. My thing is like, you know, if you don't like it, guess what? You can go somewhere else and stay. I'm telling you. That's my mentality. Because I'm not... You're not going to hold me hostage in my own house. That's Father. You know, you got options. I just know what I'm not doing. I'm not moved by that. You better continue to pray for me. I'm not moved. So I told Mark, you got friends? You better go over there. Hey, it's time to hook up with your friends now. Some time to get some overnight stays or whatever you're going to do. I'm not moved. So again, a father must live with integrity, must be stable, must be mature-minded, must have credibility. A father must be a skillful teacher. A father must be trustworthy and committed to his family. Again, your family must be able to trust you. Because they've seen your track record. And they've seen that you're committed to the family. And that means your wife and your children, again, must trust you. Again, I'm going to keep going off this (laughs) air conditioning incident. It's amazing. (laughs) But, you know, one thing my wife didn't know, eventually I'm going to get it turned on. You know, some brothers, they like, that's how they live all the time. You know what I mean by that, right? You have a raggedy mentality. And your wife knows it. They don't trust you. You know, some things... (laughs) Sometimes it's just time to upgrade. Again, that brings security in your home, right? And again, when upgrade, you know, some things that just played out. You know, you had stuff still back in 19-whatever, and week 2000 and whatever. Sometimes it's time to let the 19 and some whatever, let it go. And your wife knows, like, oh, this brother, he just... Because, you know, this is the thing about brothers, right? Your wife will see you spend money on other things, but they want to hock up you won't spend money on that. And that one thing you won't spend money on is what's affecting them to trust you. Because they don't think you're committed to them. Spend the money. Take care of your home. And that takes spending money. Show to your family that you are trustworthy. That's what a father is. They're gonna show, I'm going to show them that, that I'm committed to the family. And then also a father understands authority. A father does. A father understands authority because he himself is under authority. Who is in his authority? His authority is of Christ. So a father understands that they are the one under authority. And that authority is Christ. That means, again, I'm not doing my own thing. You know, I'm not that long range. I'm not out there about, about my business. It's about, what Lord, it's about what the Lord has called me to do. And I stay on authority. And your children and your family see that. I have to stay under authority. And me staying on authority means i got to stay in character. And that character is after Christ. See, all these things feed into back to saying being credible, being mature, being stable, being integrity. It, it, again, it, it feeds into my walk with Christ. I'm submitted to Him. And my, my family can see that. So as a father, I'm not looking for recognition. I'm not looking for acknowledgement. You know, you know today is Father's Day. I'm telling you, you ain't got never. My children ain't got never say Happy Father's Day to me to let me know that I'm a father. I don't need that recognition. I, I know that I'm a father. I was there when you was born. I was actually there, right? I know who I am. So I'm not looking for a recognition. I'm like, oh, my children don't respect me. Why your children don't respect you? Are you a father? Yeah, i their father. wouldn't well, be a father. See, a lot of brothers are looking for recognition from their children. Why are you looking for recognition? Your children don't make you. You the father. Well, they don't acknowledge me as dad. Who do they acknowledge you as? One of their friends? Then you must not be father. See, I'm a father to my children. I'm not their peer. I'm not their buddy. I'm not their running mate. We're not hanging like that. Again, since he already said you get a certain age, you ain't cool anymore. So I ain't cool like that anymore. I'm going to tell you, your children, I don't care what age you are. Your children never think you're cool. You understand that. I don't care what age you are. I don't care how much you got going on. They're like, Dad, don't come around. Not around, my friends. You're not that cool. But that's a father. I'm not looking for recognition. I don't need the acknowledgement. I don't need my children to prop me up, make me feel good. I'm a fa- Hey, my encouragement comes from the Lord. You know, I want him to say, you know, one day, well done, my good and faithful servant. That, I understand. The children, I just need to teach them and raise a godly seed. So the praise, and I heard Brother Hill give it. He, He gave praise, talking about his dad, and that praise went on from his father to Jesus Christ. See, that's the alignment. He saw Christ in his father. Can you imagine that? How many sons can say they see Christ in their father? See, that's the acknowledgement. That's the recognition. And that's the legacy, fathers, you want to leave to your children. That they see Christ in you. And that's their hope of glory. Because you understand, you, one day you're not going to be here, but they still have to have their faith and trust in Christ. He is their deliverer. He is their Savior. He is their Lord. And your children need to see it. Again, that's who needs to get the recognition. That's who needs to get the acknowledgement. Christ Jesus. See, fathers, you want your children to know that. So one day you want them to see like, oh, my dad was all about the things of God. Exactly. Because one day when they become a father, want, you want them to be all about the things of God. And teach their children the same. That's passing it down. But staying in and living is two different things. But, fathers, you're more than able because God made you a male on purpose. So, a father has a care for those he teaches, again, that they walk in what they are taught, they have a care for what. What they teach. Again, we read this one passage of scripture, right? Amazing. One passage of scripture. Again, 1 Corinthians 4 and 15 says, For though you have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. A father cares about your walk with what you've been taught. You a know, father's not just collecting no paycheck. They care. And they're going to make sure you get it. And if they, if they feel like you're not getting it and not being consistent getting it, they're going to put it in another way. Don't despise the teachings of your father. Don't despise the chastening of your father. Receive it. Understand it. That they're doing it for my benefit. I know sometimes you think, you know, the parents say, well, this is going to hurt me more, this is going to hurt you when they're getting ready to spank you or whatever. Correct you like, I don't believe that. I'm the one taking them licks, not you. But they're doing it for your benefit. It's for you. So you never think about a spanking for you, but it's for you. It's not for them. They already got theirs. Now it's time for you to learn. And they're still getting theirs. And they're bringing it on to you. Now, when we talk about follow. Let's talk about our Heavenly Father. Because looking at our Heavenly Father can be an ultimate example to you as fathers. Turn to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. We're going to look at the words of Jesus. Mark chapter 14, verse 36. We're going to look at our Heavenly Father, God, our Father. Mark 14, verse 36. It says, and he said, and this in red, so this is Jesus talking. Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Now, in this passage, Jesus addresses God as Abba. Father. And he not only addresses God as Abba Father, he says all things are possible unto thee. I love this. All things are possible unto Abba Father. All things. Everything is possible for him. Catch that. Everything is possible in him. So when Jesus says Abba Father, this term Abba is a very interesting word because Abba comes from Aramaic and it means a domestic term which refers to father. So now it looks at that he's saying father, father. But he uses the Aramaic term for father. Why? Because it denotes intimacy and affection that comes from a father in the family home. So now Jesus just referred to God at his, as his father. Just as he has a father at home. You know, your domestic father. And what's so unusual about this? Because I love this about the Lord God. When God says, I mean, about the Lord Jesus. When he says, pray, you need to pray to our father. He didn't say pray to God. He says, when you pray, say our father. Why didn't he say, say, pray, say, our God? Because he was telling teachers about relationship. We have a relationship with God. He's int- Jesus are in- is introducing you to God the Father. We know him as God Almighty. But he said, now I'm going to introduce you to God the Father. And God the Father, all things are possible unto him. And here we are going without all things are possible for God the Father. So this word again, Abba, like I said, it denotes Father Aramaic and it's affectionate intimacy of a family. And Jesus refers to God as Abba Father. Now, how do we get this? So that's Jesus saying he's Abba Father. Well, what can we say? Can we call him Abba Father? Glad you asked. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Look at this in verse 14. (laughs) Romans 8 and 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And Again, when you say sons, don't get caught up in in gender. Get caught up in relationship. So they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So those that are led by the Spirit of God, they have received the spirit of adoption. Now you're able to cry out, Abba, Father. You should be able to know God now as Father. You know, yeah, we say these things, I don't think we really get this, right? We, we say, oh, our Father. But do you understand what you just said? You understand, you just called God your Father. That means you belong to a certain household. And that's the thing when it, when it talks about, again, it talks about the word Abba. The only, the, in Aramaic the, Aramaic, the only people that can call Him Father is those that are in this house. mean, only members of the house can call Him Father. If you're not members of the house... He's not father to you. That means all things ain't possible for you. But if I'm a member to his house, then all things are possible to me. Because he is Abba, father. And this is done by the spirit of adoption. And when we look at this word adoption, again, we get in our minds with American term. Don't get in your minds with American term. Adoption is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's done by the way. When you talk about the Spirit of God, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, that placing, that positioning, the nature and condition of a true believer in Christ, thus us becoming sons in God's family. See, now by adoption, you have been placed into Christ. And now you are in place into Christ. You are joint heirs with Christ. Then now you are part of God's family. You are in the household of God. Now you can call Him Abba, Father. He is now your Father. And then all things are possible to Him. See, Jesus was showing us... I mean, you know, I, again, we spent months on prayer. I hope you caught these things about understanding the will of the Father and praying. And, and Because now I can go to God as Father. I'm not talking to, to this being in our mind as, as Almighty. He is Almighty. But He's my Father. There's an intimacy relationship I have now with my Father. Just to have an intimate relationship with my natural father. I can talk to God the same way. Be intimate with your father. Just like you are intimate with your natural father. Because all things are possible with him. And now the Spirit has given us awareness that he is now Abba Father. We can cry out to him. Look at this in Galatians chapter 4. Galatians 4. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help some of you brothers out. You, I'm telling you, you're working too hard. And our Father is waiting for you to cry out to Him. You know, we acknowledge God as God, we wish we should, but do you acknowledge Him as your Father? You know, it's amazing and seeing scripts going back and looking at the, the Old Testament and watching. Like Dan, I watch others pray. I look at their prayer, and they acknowledge Him as Lord. They acknowledge Him as God, but I don't see them calling Him Father. But when Jesus comes on the scene, He shows the relationship we have. He is God, our Father. I'm saying, what a great—that's why I talk about the, the new covenant we have in Christ. You know, built on better promises, built on better sacrifices. You know, there's nothing to compare the new covenant we have in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 4. Look at this in verse number 4. It says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I mean, God's trying to get the point across like, I'm your father. Is it because you're your son? And how do I become a son? Through Christ Jesus. See, understand, when I receive salvation, when I give myself over to to Jesus Christ and embrace Him for forgiving my sins... I've now received the Spirit of Christ in me. And that Spirit bears witness with my Spirit that now I can relate to God as Abba, Father. So now when I go to God, I, I hope you, when I go to God, and I, I'm talking to God as I'm talking to my Father. I'm, and the Bible talks about that, how we show our natural Father more respect than we do our heavenly Father. But I refer to God as He's my Father. It's in my heart. He's Abba. Intimate, affectionate. See, God is not trying. He's not out trying to hurt you. You know, just like your natural father should not be out trying to hurt you. You know, I'm gonna tell you. As, as a as a child, and, and you understand, when you go to father's house, hey, father's there to take care of you. You know what I mean by that, right? When you have, even now, you are a grown individual. When you go home to be in father's house, you don't pay no bills. You don't walk through the house and go in and, and dash our hand. You bill. I'm glad you're here, because that cable bill do. I'm glad you hear that light building. Everything's already paid for. You ain't got to even buy groceries. You walk in the refrigerator, it's already, everything is taken care of. That's Father's house. And how much more we be in the kingdom of God? Children of the Most High God. In His house are all things, and you are part of that house. See, all, what is in this house? All sufficiency. All the fullness of God's grace. All His mercy is in this house. See, we act like we're on the outside and God's like, you in the house. Well, God, can you let me in? You are, did you see my, my, my son, my eternal son as your Lord and Savior? Then you're part of the house. Come on in. Acknowledge me as God the Father. God your Father. See, that's why Jesus said, hey, I am never alone. That's why Jesus said, I know the Father. He hears me always. What father does not hear their son? The Father always hears his son. They're not saying they're going to do what their son said, but the Father always hears their son. God always hears you. That's why Jesus said, if you ask anything, ask anything to the Father in my name, he hears you. We don't treat God as our Father. He's not Abba to us. But it's by adoption that now we are become the sons. Join heirs with Christ. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 1. I mean, for me, these things are just always good news because I think sometimes we forget we view God as, I don't know. And then we go without and God's like, you know, when you can come talk to me? You know, I like how God told Joe, gird yourself like a man and come talk to me. Come speak to me like a man. Well, now God said, gird yourself like a son and come talk to your father. Gird yourself like a son. Somebody who has a relationship and come talk to me. You're talking to God like he's some outsider. Talk to God as he is your father. Ephesians 1. Uh, starting at verse number five, it says, "Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His of His will." Again, it's the adoption. Again, we talked about that and how we are adoption of children. We have been brought in by Jesus Christ. I mean, amazing what Jesus. I mean, you know, amazing what Jesus has done. Like I said, God is. Jesus has set it up so now we have not only access to God the Almighty, we have access to God the Father. Through Jesus, he has given us access not only to God Almighty, but now I have got access to God the Father. Through him. See, that's why, I, you, it's not about me, it's all about him, it's all about what Jesus has done. And so now when I go approach God the Father, I come in the name of Jesus. I know you're going to hear your son, and I'm joint heirs ears with him. Through adoption, I'm there. See, that's why I've come boldly to the throne of grace. In a time of mercy. To obtain and receive from Him, because I'm coming to Him as His Son, someone that's in relationship with my Father. You still in Ephesians? Go to Ephesians chapter two, verse eighteen. It says, "For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father." It's by the work of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of adoption that I have access unto the Father. God the Father. And so why is that important for us on this Father's Day, right? Because understand that what happens in God's domain in His house for the children should be going on in your house. In other words, God has already given you the standard of how your house should run. You know how your house should run? Your house should run as God's house is run. That's in holiness. Make sure... Father, that you are building up a house of holiness. That means, in my house, everything has to be holy. What does holy mean? It gets quieter. Because oh, yeah, you say, oh. Because God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. It, it, here's the expectation. God expects for the sons, the relationship, to be what he is, as a father. Just, just like the Father expects for their sons to be what He has called them to be. In other words, God expects obedience. Understand, in, in God's house, just like it should be in your house, there's no disobedience. Right? If, you, if you're disobedient, guess what? You need to get your own house. But in God's house, it's holiness. That means everything is set apart for the Master's use. So that means everything I'm doing in my home is set apart for the use of God. Learn that, Father. Learn that standard in your house. Keep that example. That everything you have in your home should be set apart for the use of God. So where do I have in my home? You have children in your home. Have you prepared your children for the use of God? I thought you were talking about natural things. I know you did. But have you prepared your children for ministry, for service? That's the Father. See, I'm passing this down to make sure that my children can stand before and serve the living God. He has put that in your hands, Father. You know, in in Psalms 127, and we use this for our our Pastor Heels arrows, and we talk about how, how low children are the heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is His reward. Children are His heritage. And guess what? And now He's placed you fathers as stewards, to, uh, stewards over His heritage. To make sure you pass on the knowledge of God to the children. So, Because one day God Almighty is going to visit your children so they can respond to Him as God the Father. Did you miss that? One day, your children need to respond to God Almighty as God the Father. And how they're going to learn that is through you as a father. Teaching them who God the Father is. Because they should see you as Father in your home. See, your standard should be the same standard as God has. God said, Be ye holy, you should be holy in your home. That means holy folks ain't cursing God in their home. You understand that, right? You know, certain language we just not using in our house. There's certain uh, elements I'm not bringing in my home. And then if I find it in my home, guess what? We're getting rid of it. And who's responsible for that? That's the father. I say I'm not looking for my wife to, to make sure my house is holy. No, that's my responsibility as a father. And fathers, are more than able to do that. That means I'm always checking my children, making sure that they aren't functioning out of holiness. Because that's the standard. You've got to be set apart for the master's use. You've got to see God as your father. Because he is. Once you have accepted him. And I'm preparing you for that place. So you've got to prepare your children to, again. To serve the Lord, and I'm telling you, the goodness of the Lord, God, God made things so great, you know, so merciful for you. You know, He placed you into a ministry where they got all these activities that you can have your children involved in, to prepare them to serve the Lord. And we, again, that's what I talked about before, we piss on that council. You know that. You know, me to be clear, right? So we got like, you know, we saw this morning we had children up here singing. You had children up here. You have quotas. You have all these things in this ministry. To help you to teach your children to stand and serve before the Lord. And you as fathers, you don't push it. And God said, be ye holy. Just like my house is holy and you belong to my house, make sure your house is, is, is doing the same thing. Don't let God show up at your house expecting for your house to be same as God's house because you accepted Him as Father. You know, like when your parents come down, right? You clean up everything. You're going to make sure your house is, eight. Hey, you, hear, you hear their parents come, I mean, you clean it. You're making sure the standard is there at home. Your parents are not walking into no nasty house. And at that time, I'm telling you, you and your wife, you get along fine when you walk in. Your parents come. Y'all ain't arguing. Your wife cooking. Everything's going good. You know, you working now. I mean, everything is good. Because the parents are coming. They want to see an example. They want to make sure you follow their example. That you're running your home as they have showed you how to run it. Now, when God shows it, what He's going to see in your house? is God gonna find holiness in the house of His sons. Those that have called Him Father. Those that have called Him Abba. He said, but you don't honor me in your own house. But I'm a father to you. Holiness. Everything in my home has got to be set apart for God's use. And I'm pushing it that way. I'm making sure that order is there. But I'm going to tell you, fathers, if you don't understand what that means this will be hard for you to push that. And, or to or say different. If you're not living that for yourself, there, there's no way. You don't lost credibility. Again, don't be like Lot, right? When the time actually God did visit and show up and he tried to tell his, you know, his family those and, and you see his, his son-in-law's mocked him. Like, I know he ain't talking about the things of God now. He was, he'd was, never talked about the things of God before. That's a shame your son-in-law's mock you. Because they see your character. Brothers, keep ordering your home. And that order's got to follow after God. Pass it on in your house. Stay encouraged, brothers. Again, God made you a male on purpose. And you know, these things are so important for us. These things have been taught years and years gone by. But it's always fresh. It's always a good reminder for us. Especially the male factor, Right? To know who you are in Christ. You've been again, these things, are talk, make sure you make it into family life. These are plugs for family life. I don't know why. I, 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 just want to say, I don't understand why we got to prompt you and, you know, to come to something that God has already set up for you to come to. You know, it's for you. You know, I mean, we, the ministers here, are, we're just on assignment. Who are we on assignment of? God. God said, here's my people, here's what they need. And they're going to come, and I want you to teach this. And all we, we get up here and we look up, and God, like, where they at? God, I, you told me to do this, and you at the house, you on vacation, you in Hollywood, whatever you at, and God, like, but the word is here for you. That's God. Make it in the family again. We're talking about things about you know God's purpose for the family. Hear these things, brothers. Just like you showed up for that breakfast this morning, show up to hear the Word of God next Sunday. My brother has you wrong for that. Show up (laughs) to hear the Word of God next Sunday. Because this Word is for you so you can run your house as a son of the Most High God. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. Living Water